Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Archaeology Southeast Digs Deeper. For this episode we're talking about the Warburton Warrior. I'm your host Emily and I'm here with Teresa Vieira who is the lead archaeologist on the site. Teresa, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi Emily, I'm Teresa. I'm an archaeologist, field archaeologist for Archaeology Southeast uh, and I am also supervisor and I was the one uh, running the excavations at Walburton site. Cool, thanks. So the Walburton site is obviously very exciting because we found this warrior burial. Now you can't see me doing the little air quotes here but we have to put them in around warrior. I think we'll talk about that later. Yes. Um, this got a little bit of press about a month ago, which was quite cool. But now what we wanted to do is, is like chat to you about finding the warrior and if there's been any recent developments in the research. So first of all, do you want to just tell us about how ASE came to be digging at the site? Yes, yeah, so ASE uh, as a commercial unity has been commissioned by a big house developer to, um, for us to do an archeological evaluation of the site ahead of the development, so uh, before a planning permission was granted. So we started by going on the site and doing evaluation trenches um, across the old site. Um, and after those results, we, in agreement with uh, the planning authority, decided we had to do further work uh, excavations, full excavations of uh -huh. certain areas that were considered to have more potential for finds um, and where we thought the most interesting bits would be. Right, so your evaluation trenches kind of took a big transect of the site, like the trench snapshots? Yes, yes, so basically the, the, we had like more than 100 trenches across the site, 30 mm -hmm. meter long trenches. Uh, which covered the entire site, covering obviously a percentage of the entire field, but in the end it, it gave us a pretty good idea of mm. what was the potential okay. for finding more archaeological features. Right, because a lot of the papers reported that builders had stumbled across Yes. These exciting remains, but that's not quite uh, true. No, that's not true at all. There were no builders on site, actually, while we were digging. Right. Uh, so, yeah, the archaeologists did stumble on it. Right. <laughs> well, stumble, yeah. We didn't stumble. Carefully stumbled. Yes, we, we never do. We we carefully digged it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, there'll very rarely be a situation, and especially not for the work that ASC is doing, where building work has has found an archaeological discovery normally it's that the archaeologists have been drafted in first to make sure there's nothing there i i would say that it might happen in some situations mm -hmm. but generally uh an archaeologist will be present in a site that has a good potential because that's what uh, the planning authorities kind mm. of um program they know that a certain site is going to have potential or not and right. we we start before usually the developers yeah okay cool so tell us about finding the warrior grave then so it was it was really exciting um let me just say that this was not the only find on site yeah, of course we found archaeology that 
dates from the early Neolithic period up to the post-medieval period. So there is a range um, of of uh, of periods that are represented on site. Uh, however, the late Iron Age at the moment seems the most well represented. Mm. When you're talking late Iron Age, what sort of time? So we're talking about, in this case, uh, the last uh, century before Christ and the first century after. Right, so, okay. So let's. this is the period, this is our late Iron Age on mm-hmm. site, okay. with a focus that seems to be more on the first century. So um, it's it's quite early days mm-hmm. to tell you the whole story of the site because we're course. still in the process of post excavation assessment. Uh, we will eventually, uh, for now. <laughs> this is yeah. all we can say. Uh, so the warrior, so it was in was dug in the summer, um, and uh, we found initially what we thought to be just another pit. Uh, very discreet on the surface, and the only thing that kind of popped was uh, what looked like a complete pot mm-hmm. in the pit, which is not completely unusual. We would have pits with other pots. So uh, my colleagues uh, start digging as we would dig another pit, and immediately we start noticing an unusual fill in it, like a dark thing coming. Some like the metal. Soil the soil was different, um, and there was some metal in it. Mm-hmm. Pot complete on one side, and I kind of joked in that day, and even called my manager saying, "Oh, this this kind of looks like a grave, yeah. but it's so unusual you don't even yeah. think you're gonna find a grave." Day after we continued digging, and really quickly. You know, I remember it was still the morning and I called my mother and said, it is definitely a burial. We do have a burial. Oh, exciting. And I think we do have a sword. However, as you can imagine, a sword um, that was in the ground for 2,000 years doesn't really look like a sword at the first sight. Right. But it was it's very rusted, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was something and we were pretty sure we had one. So we immediately... The, um, James Kenny, our county archaeologist, mm-hmm. was contacted and he came to site and he was very, very, <laughs> he was in awe because it yeah. was at the time they were just starting to talk about the North Preston Warrior, yes. which was at the time the only one in, in Sussex yes. found. And it was not anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> So in uh, and in that day we had to do quite a a quick excavation because we cannot leave any metal or you know any precious finds we shouldn't leave them on site of course for uh, because the conservation then yeah can happen yeah. and uh, you know to protect also the materials as yeah. much as possible so yeah so when and there it was a sword uh, pots ceramic pots and the base of a, a container, a burial container, which we call coffin. However, mm. we don't want to call it coffin because it's not really a coffin as we yeah. would imagine. And this was preserved as sort of a, a dark stain on the ground, is that right? So this, this container was preserved, uh, I would say is a little bit more than a stain because mm-hmm. you could recover material. So okay. this container was burned 
and it would have been uh, a tree trunk, a hollow tree trunk cool. that has been burned previously um, and used as a container. Obviously, only the bottom survived, mm. but the shape of it really indicates at this stage that it would have been very, for sure, you know, it's like, we don't want to say it for sure, but mm. it's most likely that it was uh, a tree trunk. Okay. Which is very uncommon for yeah. the period, although quite common for the Bronze Age. Right. Interesting. Which is earlier, obviously. Which is earlier, yeah. yes. It's always the period uh, before the Iron mm-hmm, Age. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we still are waiting for further analysis on this burnt yeah. wood and we'll hopefully we will be able to tell what kind of tree it was and all sorts of things about it with possibly even the um, the age of the tree ah right let's let's hope date it. it yes yeah very cool okay so we had in the grave we had the container the sword i feel like there's something missing from yeah, the yeah so the, the container is so um so if you imagine the the body has been placed lying uh, flat on the container, mm-hmm. we think his head was on the north side. The pots were placed outside the container so that we had three nice complete vessels, yes. one broken vessel. Uh, obviously the sword, also a spear, which only survived obviously the spearhead. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other intriguing objects that we are still in the process of finding what they are. Right. Uh, we're doing x-rays and detailed photography, but either they could be part of the container, like uh, metal, let's say nails. Okay. But we're not sure. Yeah. At this stage, uh, there's also this idea that they could have been spears that were placed around the container, like mm. after the burial itself. Okay. Uh, and there are other quite intriguing objects, metal objects coming from it, uh, which could have been like a delicate metal bronze container. Oh, cool. Uh, hopefully, in the next episode in, a year, in mm-hmm. the future, we will reveal the yes. conclusions. But it's very exciting at this stage. Also, we are starting to understand um, what of what was really what happened to the sword. So initially, we didn't realize the sword was actually placed upside down. So the decorative part of the scabbard ah. was on the ground, and it only partially inside the scabbard. Oh, so it was a little bit drawn. Yes, it is. It, ah. it was, and we think this. Um, is part of what we call the the killing ritual of the weapons. Right. So the weapons would have had quite a significant power for these people. We know in the Nordic cultures they were even given names. Right. We don't know of that in here, but we know they they definitely had uh, a powerful imagery associated mm. with. So this idea that the sword was not going to be used again and it was going to be buried along its owner and mm-hmm. probably going with him to the afterlife. One thing is for sure, they didn't want his weapons back to life. No. Um, usually in similar 
find in similar burials we know of other warriors the swords are actually bent so they would have to take them back to the fire to bend them right. and to make sure they were not used again okay in this case our sword was complete but there's this indication that this idea was still in their minds yeah interesting <laughs> we, we've talked about the sword owner a little bit but yes we do have to mention that there is no skeleton. Yes, exactly. We've been talking about a burial and a grave. Mm-hmm. When you usually think there's going to be someone inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, our grave was empty. There was no remains of a skeleton yeah. in it. And the reason for that is because we are... Uh, it, this, this place we, we dug, Walberton, like most parts of the coastal plain here in Sussex, have these soils that we call brick earth, and mm-hmm. they are quite acidic. So that will have destroyed all the bone, unfortunately. Right, yeah, yeah. So we won't be able to tell you how old he, he was, yeah. his age. Even if he's a he? Even if he's a he or a she. Right. Although, and I would love to say it was a she. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a she, most likely. Yeah. Because it's, for the other ones, we know that the skeletons have been preserved. Yeah. They are not females. They are males, unfortunately. You know, we would like to have a a warrior woman. (laughs) (laughs) But for sure he had a woman on his side. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got this this Iron Age warrior. What does that tell us about the kind of the society of West Sussex at the time? So um, we know that um, during the Iron Age, people were living mainly... Uh, from the crops and the cattle, mm-hmm. uh, small farms, small communities. However, we know they would have, especially in the late Iron Age, when the Romans by then would have been in France, in the Gaul. Right. There was definitely contacts with, with outside Britain. Yeah. We know there are imported objects. What the, like the pots we see in our grave, they are... They are they have the shapes that were common for the Romans, however, they were ah, produced locally. Right. So we are living this period of transition. Yeah. Uh, where societies are l- probably starting to leave the rural sites and also becoming more engaged in the in the urban centers. And okay. we have Chichester nearby. Right. That would have been the next big <laughs> center, mm-hmm. urban center, but mainly people were living off the land uh, in small communities. However, there were chiefs, you know, like right. tribal chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they, they probably had some role in defending the communities, but okay. also they could have had um, like a... Spiritual? A sp- Yes. Or kind of like a, a leadership, but without... Leadership, force. maybe some also spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can see in other sites from France that these people were religious. They had their oh, beliefs. Okay. And the weaponry some, sometimes also associated with this more uh, religious part okay. of the society. Yeah. Um, so this our warrior, our Walberton warrior, likely was connected with the North Burstead one, right. which was definitely more important for some. You know, you can see that he was carrying this magnificent ma- helmet. Yes. 
So if you have looked at him, you would know he was a chief. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that weapons are so rare, yes. it gives us this idea that they would have belonged only to very specific individuals with the role of power in the mm. community. It's, we've talked a little bit about the Roman influence on the grave. It's very interesting because is there a chance that the Wolverton warrior fought against the Roman invasion? Um, well, there is. There is always that chance. Uh, we cannot say it. Mm. We don't have anything to tell us. Oh, yes, he was definitely there. He probably went uh, to fight in the Gallic Wars. We can speculate, mm -hmm. but we don't know. Okay. Uh, however, probably during this period where the threat of the Roman invader was so present, it was really important to have these tribal leaders mm. with uh, associated with... Um, the weaponry, you know, you would, you probably people would feel more protected to know yeah. there were chiefs also in the sense of war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is no evidence that they actually went. Mm. Uh, we know from the North Burstead warrior that he was not born locally. Um, okay. So he was, we know he was probably from either northwestern france or very southern eastern england oh, so there is that. a chance he actually came from abroad we know also that during the gallic invasions some people came to britain mm. you know like refugees okay and they might have stayed so also their dna yeah. has stayed since and their cultural identity also has been passed to it right so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of nuance in this period. Yes, it's a very, very interesting period yeah. because um, it's not just a moment of facing an invader. It's, you know, these, these moments are not just made of war, are made of changes in right. when the cultural identities and uh, new DNA coming mm -hmm. and it's kind of a revolution moment. Right, yeah. It's very exciting times. Yes. <laughs> so, I guess all that's left to ask you is, is where's the analysis at now? You know, what's yes. left to do to, to so, really get to grips with this warrior? Yeah, so the warrior, the, the warrior itself, you have been giving it quite some attention. Yes. Uh, <laughs> our sword is being conserved. Mm -hmm. uh, we have now revealed that there is possible textile yes. present in it, some more details about the decoration. It's, it's quite hard to, to, to tell you at this stage. Mm. And, you know, it's something people will want to see in photos. So if people keep following us on our, yeah. on our blog, they eventually <laughs> will see all the updates, new photos and all the details. Um, but at the moment, so we, we're giving quite some attention to the sword itself and all the objects present in the grave. And meanwhile, I'm also doing what we call the post-excavation assessment, which means going through all the paperwork, mm -hmm. all the photographs, all everything we did over three months on the field and putting it all together and creating the story of the site over over all the periods and then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. eventually understanding why this grave was there um, and in it, what exact moment it was there, what happened right after, what kind of place was this, yeah. if it was a place where people would go to, uh, <laughs> you know, pay their respects to right. the dead or yeah. 
if it was if it was inside or near a settlement and that will also kind of give us more information about the identity of this warrior so hopefully in the near future you'll hear a bit more about the story of the site sure well we look forward to welcoming you back on the podcast thanks emily for for more warburton warrior excitement i think we'll probably leave it there for today so thank you so much for coming and talking thank you thank you very much uh, yeah stay tuned for more exciting archaeology we hope you enjoyed that episode of archaeology southeast digs deeper you can find more information about the episode in the show notes or on our website at ucl.ac.uk forward slash archaeology dash south dash east forward slash podcast. For more archaeology content, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at ArcSouthEast and Facebook and Instagram at Archaeology Southeast. Thanks for listening.